Hello, this is retired Army First Sergeant Mark Flowers. Welcome to this episode of the Fixed Bayonets podcast, Military History You Didn't Learn in School. Today, I'd like to talk with you about veterans and storytelling. A few days ago on a local TV station, I saw a commercial from an elder care facility. One of the staff members was in the commercial and talked about how much fulfillment she got from hearing veterans tell their stories about service life to her. I thought about the commercial quite a bit since then. In particular, I think of my dad, who served in World War II as an infantryman in Italy. When I was in high school, I asked him one time if he could tell me a story about the war for a project that I was working on in history class. My dad was in combat for two years, and yet the only story he told me was about seeing children in Italian towns digging through GI trash to find something to eat. So as I reflected on the commercial, I wondered why veterans felt comfortable sharing these personal stories with a stranger. And yet many veterans are hesitant to tell their families about what happened to them in the service, in particular those who served in war. In my own case, years and years later I came across a small unit history that my dad's battalion had published in 1945. On the first page of this little book, it was really a booklet, was a story about the common events that soldiers in my dad's unit had all experienced. The very first story was about seeing little kids in these towns digging through the trash to find something to eat from what the GIs had thrown away. Reading that story was really a powerful moment for me, and I felt like it put me in touch with my dad in a way that I hadn't experienced since he died. I don't know whether it was because he felt compelled to tell me this story or because he just wanted to get me out of his hair, and that was the first thing he could think about, but for me... It was incredibly meaningful, and it still is to this day. Whenever I have something tough to consider or think about, I go to my expert. That's my wife. She's been with me through many challenges. So when I'm working over something, I'll often ask her what she thinks about it or what her opinion is. I'm sure you've heard of Ernie Pyle, the great GI journalist of World War II. In his columns, Ernie always referred to his wife back home as that gal. I've deployed overseas. It's been many years ago now. And I always think about my wife as that gal in relation to stuff about the Army. So I asked her, why is it so hard for veterans to talk about what happened to them in war? And here's what she said. In war, you have to normalize feelings and experiences and events that don't fit easily into most people's everyday lives. When you tell a story about something you went through that was really difficult, you might be thinking, How is my family member going to judge me or what happened to me? As happens almost always when I ask that gal about something important, her answer was profound. And so I thought about it some more. And so this is what occurred to me. The caregiver in the commercial may be someone who a veteran might feel isn't going to render a value judgment about what he or she tells them. On the other hand, if a family member asks a veteran a tough question, the veteran may hesitate not just because it's a hard subject, but also they may be wondering, what will they think about me when I tell them about whatever it was that I did? Because the thing about being a veteran and a family member is there's always tomorrow and the next day and the next day. 
In sales, there's the concept of the icebreaker. If you go to buy a car, a salesperson is going to walk up to you when you come into the showroom. Then they'll put their hand out and say, what can I do for you today? It's their way of figuring out why you're there and if you're going to buy a car. So you as a customer really have no idea what that salesperson has done to prepare for you to show up so they can sell you a car. But they've been doing their homework. They understand the sales process, and they're ultra-familiar with the vehicles in their company's line. They know about financing, they understand warranties, and they know why people buy cars. See, you as a family member, and I'm not saying you should think like a salesperson for cars, but that you should take that amount of preparation that they do and apply it to your own quest to find out about your veteran's story. If you ask a veteran, what did you do in the war? You should expect to get some kind of a pat answer because that question shows that you haven't put any thought into what you're trying to find out from your veteran. For example, when I came home from the Gulf War in 1991, I can't even remember how many times I got asked the question, was it hot there? You know, the reality was that during the war, it was freezing. It rained, and one night we had snow, and the Iraqis blew up all the oil wells, so the sky was covered with this black roof of smoke and smog. And when it rained, the drops were filled with oil, and so they left this sheen of dirt and oil on everything they hit. I love my family, so I tried to be polite and explain to them that the weather in the desert wasn't like what they expected. During the war, it wasn't hot, we didn't have giant sand dunes like in Lawrence of Arabia, and we never really saw many people other than soldiers and the enemy. But because my family had a completely different conception of Saudi Arabia, Iraq, and Kuwait, my answers just didn't fit for them. So I gave up trying to explain how it really was, and I would just say, yeah, it was really hot. So if I were making this into a checklist for you, my first recommendation would be to put away any preconceived notions you might have about the war or whatever it was. The first question really to ask a veteran is what unit did they serve with? This simple little piece of information can tell you so much. For example, going back to my own story, I served in the 1st Infantry Division. So this is really important because now you have identified where they were because you can go back and do some research and find out about that specific division. But really, the name of your division is kind of like somebody asking you where you live and you telling them the name of your city because what you're really looking for is a specific address. So in the Gulf War, probably 20,000 people served in the Big Red One. So it was like a small city. You're going to want to find out more specific information. You want to know what company your veteran served with. It may have been a troop or a battery. You want to know what battalion or squadron they were with and the number of their regiment and what brigade that they were in. For example, if someone asked me who I served with in the war, I say the Scout Platoon, 437 Armor, 2nd Brigade, 1st Infantry Division. So with that little bit of information I've just told you, you know my apartment number, my street address, the city I live in, and the state. And now you have enough information to go back and do some real homework. So the next question to ask your veteran is what their job was. We call that in the military, military occupational specialty. And so 
A truck driver, for example, has a very different experience than someone who's a tank driver or a Bradley driver or drives a bulldozer in the engineers. And that can help you to narrow down what your veteran did. You might call this the big picture. It could be developing the situation. You can call it whatever you want. But it's the difference between asking what is in effect a useless throwaway question and beginning an actual dialogue with your veteran. Because the military is a very complicated environment. So much of it is involved with technology and other things that are really hard to explain. So me as a veteran, it's not my job, if you want to know what I did, for me to teach you all the acronyms that we used, how our units were organized, what the battles looked like when we attacked or defended, because you want to know what I did. And so it's on you to get the background information, like I mentioned before, that big picture, so that when we start talking, you have credibility. And I can tell right away when we sit down whether you know what you're talking about or what you expect me to teach you. And the reality is that most soldiers, especially those of us who serve in the lower ranks, don't know a lot about the big picture. So if you start asking me about big operational matters, I might not know it. Because in war, unless you're a commander or in some kind of a headquarters, most of what you know is what you're looking at through your sights or through your binoculars, whatever's right ahead of you. And you go until you're told to stop. You shoot until the enemy's gone. And then you continue your mission. And you don't know a lot about all the ins and outs and intricacies of what you're doing. If someone asks me what was the war like, or really anything that I experienced in the service, I have to guess what it is they really want to know. Are they talking about the weather? Are they talking about what it's like to be on a tank? Are they talking about the war itself and what it was like to be in combat? Do they want to know what our uniforms were like? I mean, what it shows is that the person who's asking that question really doesn't want to know an actual answer. So now you can do some internet research. You can find some books on Amazon or Abe Books. You can find your veterans unit on Facebook. And then, from the perspective of a little bit of knowledge, you can develop a list of questions that you want to ask your veteran. You can decide beforehand whether you're going to ask them the questions and then write their answers down, or if you're going to record your interview, which I think is a much more viable way to do it because then you can go back later and you're not distracted by them talking and you writing and you can listen to their answers and you can glean even more information out of them than you can use to do even more research. One thing to keep in mind is that not everybody that serves in a war does something heroic or big or noteworthy. Not everyone can be a tank commander or serve with Delta Force or fly jet fighters. Some people have to drive trucks. Some people have to cook chow and process paperwork and all the other jobs that are absolutely essential to the whole thing moving forward. And we don't do it for the glory or for medals or anything like that. And in fact, a lot of us the go to war didn't even volunteer for it. When my unit got alerted for deployment to Desert Shield in 1990, nobody asked me whether or not I would volunteer for it. I mean, I probably would have if that happened, but it was never even a question. Our unit got alerted 
we were in the unit and we went. It wasn't like in the movies when somebody stood up in front of us and said, I need X number of volunteers, and if you want to volunteer for this dangerous mission, step out right in front of the formation. And the other thing is war is, for most of us, not like Saving Private Ryan or Fury or Band of Brothers or something like that. It's not that it's not dangerous or uncertain or anything like that. It's just that the movies that people watch and the war that veterans experienced couldn't be more different. And so, any, like I mentioned earlier, any preconceived notions that you might have, you need to put them in the cupboard because when you talk to a veteran, you're talking about reality, their reality, versus what you might think their reality was. Most soldiers in combat, this applies to Marines too, don't remember specific dates and names of operations. You know, after a while, everything just sort of runs together. I've talked to a lot of Vietnam veterans, for instance. Lots of them, in many cases, they can't remember the last names of the guys they served with. And if you were to show me a picture of my platoon in the Gulf War, it would be tough for me to recall everybody's names. Another important thing to keep in mind is combat is traumatic, and it brings up bad memories for lots of veterans. It can be a challenge to even think about it, much less talk about what happened to us during the war. Many veterans, for instance, put their experiences into a box where they say locked away. It doesn't mean we don't want to talk about it. It's just that it's really, really hard. I mentioned earlier that one reason veterans may be hesitant to talk is that they might feel judged by a family member. You know, the young soldier or Marine who's now 50 or 60 years old, in some ways is the same person, but in other ways, they're completely different from who they were when they were young. I know in my own case that it's hard to come to grips sometimes with who I am now and who I was then. I look at my hands sometimes and I imagine the things that I've touched with my hands in my life, especially in the Army, all the different things I've grasped and I try to picture who I was then and who I am now. And sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's nearly impossible. A lot of what happened to me, I don't really even want to think about it sometimes. So if someone were to ask me to talk about it, I would have to overcome that mental barrier in addition to all the other ones. So when we start to talk about what I've experienced, and what I've lived through, and I know that you've taken the time to do your research, it makes it much easier for me to go back in time to the me that I was then. On the other hand, if we have to stop constantly so that I can explain this or that to you to give you context and answer repetitive questions, it makes it harder for me to want to open up to you. And you have to be patient. It might take time to process my memories so that I can tell you about them. That's true, especially if we're talking about harder and harder subjects. And there are some things that you'll just have to realize that you're not going to find out. Think about talking to a survivor or victim of a violent crime. They went through a horrific incident and it may have taken them years to put some kind of perspective on it. And in a lot of cases, that never happens. Combat is like that. 
If you're an infantryman or a tanker or a combat engineer, you weren't just experiencing what happened to you, you're also a participant. So that can make it harder to make sense of what you lived through, what you witnessed, and what you did. So try to imagine sitting down with a veteran and asking them to share these really personal memories. And probably the most challenging topic is about killing and dying. Some family members might want to know if their veteran killed anyone in combat. I can't think of any veteran that I know who would willingly want to broach that topic. It's just too hard. And you shouldn't expect someone to open up about it in a casual conversation or in a first interview or maybe even in any interview because that's one of the things veterans, at least in my experience, have the hardest time even thinking about. So based on everything we've talked about today, I'd like to offer you a few pointers that you can use to help organize your interview and make it more valuable both for you and your veteran. First, put away any preconceived ideas or notions that you might have about what they did in the service. Second, prepare, prepare, prepare. Before your interview, ask your veteran what unit they served with and if it was the long war when they were in country and what their job was. That way you can take that information and then spend some time researching to understand in general what the big picture was that they were part of. Determine how you're going to capture the story and record it for posterity and agree beforehand how you'll use it in the interview. Next, ask open-ended questions. One great way to formulate your questions is by starting with, what did it feel like? What did it feel like when you had to cross outside the wire? What was it like living in your tracks for months at a time? How did it feel when you, and then fill in the blank? Start with easy to answer questions first. Music is always a great icebreaker because it's kind of the background to our lives. You can ask about how your veteran got from the States into the combat zone, how they found out that they were going to combat, and things like that. Then you can move into subjects like, what do you remember about the first time you got shot at? What was it like the first time you fired your weapon? Or how was it when you got hit by enemy artillery fire? Give your veteran time to tell their story. Remember, these are their memories, not yours. And don't try to push the interview where your veteran doesn't want to go. For instance, if you know that they were in the Battle of X and you want to talk about that, but they don't, then you need to respect their wishes and recognize the signs that you're moving into an uncomfortable topic and be ready to change it to something that's less invasive. Be ready to help jog your veteran's memory. They might not know something. They may have forgotten it, or they never knew it to begin with, and by offering these little road markers, you can help jog their memory, and they'll appreciate the fact that you took the time to prepare for the interview. Recognize when it's time to wrap up, and set a follow-up if you need it. Another thing to do is ask your veteran if you can contact them if you have any more questions or areas that they can clarify. In closing, I would like to say that 
Every veteran has a story to tell, no matter what they did in the service and where and when they served. There's no such thing as I was just a and fill in the blank. That's a part of your family's history, and it's important to capture it for posterity because someday your veteran's going to be gone, and you will too, and family members will wonder about what they did, and it's sad when families wish that they could find out about their veteran's story, but the veteran's dead, and everyone that they served with is gone as well. So before it's too late, get that story recorded. You'll thank yourself, you'll make your veteran feel like an important part of your family and that what they did had value and you care about it and that in the future people in your family won't have to ask why didn't they talk about this back in the day. I would like to thank you for spending this time with me today on the Fixed Bayonets podcast, Military History You Didn't Learn in School. You can visit me on the web at fixedbayonets.us, and I'm also on Facebook. And until the next time, this is retired First Sergeant Mark Flowers, signing off.